From the reality of fintech disruption to the quest for faster payments, one crucial question remains. Where is the context and connection? And how can financial services organizations assert their identities in a world so fraught with change? This week, we'll get insights from innovation leader Connie Dorstein. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that'll help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, the managing editor of BAI. Come on in. Thanks for tuning in. It's great to have you here with us. Our podcast goes up on Mondays, and you can check us out on Apple's podcast app, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play. And today on the podcast, we have our first international guest coming to you from the Netherlands, Connie Dorstein. Connie is the CEO of Shiraz Partners. Listed in Women in Fintech 2015, Connie has worked for more than 25 years in marketing and business innovation in the international financial technology industry. Connie is also serving this year as a judge for BAI's 2017 Global Innovation Awards. And Connie, great to have you here. Yes, thank you very much. So the presentation you gave at BAI Beacon, you talked about this holiday in the Netherlands, Orange Day. Maybe you could uh, tell our audience a little bit about the holiday and also how Orange Day has become this microcosm of everything that is new and exciting in the payments world. In the Netherlands, we're very proud and happy to have a um, royal family. And each year we celebrate this by having a National King's Day. And the beauty of it is that literally all of Holland turns orange because of the House of Orange. And people go out and they empty the cellars and their attics and they sit out in front of their houses and they sell stuff or food or drinks. And you probably buy as much stuff as you sell. One thing that we saw in the banking, because this is primarily a cash uh, affair, around noon, all uh, the ATMs would be empty. Wow, uh, empty ATMs, that does not sound like a crowd pleaser. And so um, the Dutch Payment Association uh, was triggered by this and many more events where they said, really, we should have immediate payments. If everybody has a mobile phone and I can just pay you with a mobile phone proxy number, uh, you look at your phone, it's instantly settled, and there's no problem anymore with cash. There's no kids crying at the end of the day because they've lost their money box. Everybody becomes a merchant. We, in the United States, seem to be very, very focused on speed as being one of the key factors to move forward in payments. But do we sometimes miss the boat in the banking industry in terms of not looking at the innovation more closely? Yeah, it's very tough. You know, if we talk about faster payments now in the European context, we think three seconds is the norm. Um, wow. Pretty probably be very happy if it was like an hour. I think that would be such a massive improvement that you would be happy. But again, the speed bit can be sorted with technology. It honestly can. What is important is that the players that get to the table don't focus so much on the speed, but on the business case that you can build on the back of it. What do you want to do with that speed for your customers? Do you want to create a more level playing field and a faster playing field for people so they're not totally reliant on a wallet or a card scheme? Do you want to make a safer environments, for instance, for small businesses? And apart from the fact that it's much safer and faster, um, there's a whole societal impact as well because 
it becomes possible for very small businesses to have that level of efficiency and, and reliability and innovation, and not just for very large companies who can afford to build those infrastructures. There are these categories of different people involved in the uh, payments university, optimizers, the transformers, and the disruptors. I wonder if you could just break those down briefly and why each one is important in the payment scheme. I'd, I'd be delighted to. I've been in this industry for 25 years, and everybody wanted to be an internet disruptor. And if a bank says to all its staff, we're going to be the disruptive 2020 bank of the future, then that's an unfair statement. And I think it is also disruptive to the bank because it takes the focus away. It is an unfair strategy. So when I speak to banks and insurers, I would say, be honest about where you sit in the ecosystem and where you want to be. So to make that easier, I came up with three categories. One is optimizers. And those are extremely relevant companies and banks who say, I just really want to optimize my existing processes. I see that there is much better technology. So for instance, just optimizing the whole process flow around a mortgage portfolio. It's a very solid uh, way forward for smaller banks or banks who simply say, you know, this is the game we want to play. We have no need to change the world. Then the second group of people are called the transformers and the innovators. Whether it's a fintech or a bank, you prep your company for the future and you invest in future-proof technology. I think most companies will have a focus that is there. And then there's a small percentage, and at the moment, if you look at the whole fintech scene, I would say it's probably about 5% of where the invested money goes. And I would call those people disruptors, uh, something like Uber. But there are disruptors in banking as well. There are new banks that completely change uh, the world. We have a lot of examples that we're looking at for VI Global Innovation Awards, uh, banking models whereby you offer only a core current account to a small business or a consumer, and all the other specialized services that are so expensive and hard to run for a bank, like for instance, commercial loans or mortgages, go through a set of APIs and come from niche specialized companies that the customer chooses, not the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have optimizers, we have transformers, and we have disruptors. And I think the most important thing, be honest about where you want to be, what you are, because then you will achieve your business goals. You mentioned BAI and the Global Innovation Awards just now, and you have this well-deserved reputation for being someone who is no-nonsense and very direct. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What do you hope to see from this year's group of nominees? I have almost like a set of criteria, and I use it in my own practice, and a lot of people still think, oh, innovation is technology, and it's not. First of all, I will look at something and say, Is it customer-centric? Is it agile, simple? Is it made for redesign? Secondly, connectivity. I always say there's only one channel these days. It's open. And is it instant? Whether we like it or not, instant is the new norm. One other thing I will look at, is this company taking the most benefit of all this regulation? Very often we see regulation as a threat. It's not. It's not for banks. It's not for fintechs. You have no place in this ecosystem of banking if you're too lazy 
to read up on Dodd-Frank and on PSD2 and on the GDPR. So a very important point to me next would be, is it fair and acceptable in the world? And with fair and acceptable, I don't mean is it green, but I truly and honestly mean does it create more opportunities for people who so far are excluded? We've covered some crucial points here, not just in terms of what you're looking for at the BAI Global Innovation Awards. Is there another misconception that you see that banks and financial services organizations are falling prey to? And if so, what's the correction there? What is the, the wiser course? To naively say fintechs will change the world and they will do anything better, correct. But we also want to have a secure environment. And we all know that fraud um, and security are some of the biggest boardroom issues for everybody at the moment. So it's totally unfair to say, okay, let all the fintech companies hit the rails that are being laid by the banks, that the banks are paying for, and they can start on the motorway and they leave before they reach the toll port where you have to pay. So I think that is something that has to change. And in that sentiment, we still see that banks find it very hard to wrap their head around cooperation as business partners with fintech companies. And I appreciate it. It's because they do have these compliance issues. They do have the high, high, high security standards. Because don't forget, if a bank opens up its store through APIs and I get in, I download a fancy app that I use or something goes wrong, but I download it in, let's say, the Bank of America store and something goes wrong, in my perception, it's Bank of America's fault. So they have a huge reputational issue to defend as well. But what I would say to banks is very much, don't try to boil the ocean, one. And secondly, do not set up a separate innovation unit. Because if you do that, it will remain a playpen forever. And too often I've seen fintech companies go bust because they travel around the world speaking to innovation hubs. And the innovation hub never have the budget. You have to go back to the business line. And um, so I would say do two things, make the project smaller, and lend them, maybe with special people, but lend them in your business lines and appoint somebody at the board who's in charge of innovation and make sure that that is not a person with the profile of somebody who gets his emails printed by his secretary. <laughs> that, would, that wouldn't be a good sign, would it? Um, I love the notion of these changes in the banking world and the fintech world not taking place in a vacuum. And you've spoken about the perfect storms that are going on in regulation and compliance and technology. What are you most excited about when you look forward in the near term and further ahead with this perfect storm of influences coming together? You know, of course, it's never a winner at a cocktail party if you say, oh, I work with FinTech. It's not like, oh, wow. The people like, <laughs> it's it like, poor thing. How many more years do you have to work? But I say, for 15 years, we stuck it out. And particularly payments were at the bottom end of being sexy in banking. You know, they were the rubber sole shoes. And now you see that payments is the backbone of banking. People realize that we go to this open world, whether we like it or not, whether it's driven by regulation like in Europe or because of societal change. I actually think that finally we're going to see a much more of a democratization of the banking industry. 
I think it's going to be more fun. And what I most like about it is that it's it has revolutionary elements, but it very much also involves the big banks. And I get very enthusiastic when I see, and I dare say that about 30% of the banks sort of get it and they are working very hard at this and they will all do it at their own time frame and agenda. Um, I actually love how finally we're going to see some very profound change in the years between 2017 and 2020. And that is yes to thanks to the regulators. Indeed, indeed. Connie, thank you so much. You've always been a great friend to BAI, and we appreciate the time. Thank you again. Okay, well, thank you, uh, Lou. Thank you, Team BAI, for, um, for having me. Connie Dorstein is the CEO of Shiraz Partners, listed on Women in Fintech 2015. With more than 25 years in marketing, business innovation, and international financial technology, be sure to look for Connie on LinkedIn. And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, it's not all about speed. While speed is an essential ingredient in today's payments landscape, you'll want to take a look at what you want to do with that speed for your customers. Speed needs context and every customer's needs and demands are different. Number two, be honest about your place in the FinTech and financial services ecosystem. The truth is not everybody can be a disruptor, even though many of us want to be. There are also optimizers and transformers. Know your role. Only 5% of invested money in the financial services sphere is going towards disruption. And number three, while the current conventional wisdom still applies that banks and fintechs make great partners, it's not as simple as letting fintechs hit the rails laid by banks. Fintechs need guidance in terms of crucial concerns such as compliance and security. And while some might be tempted to look at fintechs with starry eyes, the truth is that both parties can teach one another. Well, here at BAI, we like to get around. So we've taken you to Chicago BAI headquarters, the Netherlands with Connie Dorstein. Fasten your seatbelts. Next stop, Poland. Mamy przyjemność zaprezentować Państwu nową bankowość mobilną Alior Banku na smartfony, dzięki której można skorzystać z naszych usług w dowolnym miejscu i czasie. I nigdy nie są Państwo dalej niż dwa kliknięcia od najważniejszych opcji bankowości. Chances are you heard the name Alior Bank in there somewhere and if you're wondering how the message translates, well, it's winner. At the 2016 BAI Global Innovation Awards, Allior Bank won for innovation and internal process improvement for its technology called Smart Collect, which streamlines the debt collection process for a much smoother customer experience. Will Allior Bank return this year for a nomination? That could be up to you. Nominations are being accepted right now for the BAI Global Innovation Awards for 2017. Those awards will be presented at BAI Beacon in Atlanta this October. To learn more, visit the BAI website at bai.org slash global innovations. So which areas in banking do you think need the most innovation? Or is there something innovative going on that you find especially exciting? I'd love to hear what you think. Drop me an email at L 
Carlozo, that's L-C-A-R-L-O-Z-O, at BAI.org. And thanks again for tuning in. Be sure to check on Monday when another podcast goes up or visit our growing archive of podcasts at BAI.org. I'm Lou Carlozo, the managing editor of BAI. We'll see you soon. So long.